Happy New Year. Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of January 9, 2012. It's episode 133. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We are the healthcare marketing firm who puts on the podcast. Joining me today are my co-hosts. Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Merry New Year. Merry happy to you too. Merry <laughs> <laughs> New Year. You probably don't even know what that is. You probably what do. is it? I might. No, I we don't. are moving. Trading places. Oh no. Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. I've never seen. That I've movie. never actually seen that one either. That's good. <clears throat> I've heard it's good things. Funny. I'll put it on the list. You need uh, to. Yeah. When you, you said moving, to, did you say moving? Yeah, they're like on a train, and Eddie Murphy's playing like some Zimbabwe dude. So he's got an accent. And so that's when he like sees somebody. He's like, Merry New Year. <laughs> and then he's like, we are moving. I think so of, moving. when you said moving, I thought of the Richard Pryor movie, Moving, which is a great movie. Have you seen that one? No. No? Holy cow. It's like from a 1974 or something. Yeah, yeah. Is that before or after he's, Silver Bullet? He like uproots his family and moves to, they're moving to Boise, Idaho or something like that. Oh. But it's just this this disaster of him moving and his family moving and all of this stuff that goes wrong during really? the movie. Yeah, it's really it's it's pretty funny. Like he's got this sob that he's in love with, and it ends up just well, I won't tell you if you want to watch it. If you ever want to see it, I don't want to wreck it for you. I'll, but like I'll they're look they're at looking it. at <laughs> they're looking at homes in Boise, Idaho, and they want the one they fall in love with when they're when they're being showed the home by the owners. Every time they would see something really cool, like they love the cabinets in the kitchen. And the owners were like, but don't get too attached because we're taking it with us. Uh, <laughs> they're laughing, you know. And then they'd be like, they'd see the pool. And they're like, well, don't get too attached because we're taking that with us. And they're like, oh. You know? But then when they get to the house, <laughs> all of this stuff is gone. Like the pool oh, so is they dug did take it? Yeah. They're like, we've got it documented. We recorded the whole conversation. And they're like, what the uh, It's a great movie. I'll find it on Netflix. It's probably <laughs> yeah. there. Okay, let's get to it. So enough of how was your Christmas? Enough, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> um, don't forget to check out our new website. I have a funny story related to that. And again, our new—it's not so new anymore—but our fun video on the three rules of healthcare advertising, which is getting you some good props out there from the homies. So you know, every usually every day, but at least on a, a couple three times a week, I check our Google Analytics for our site. So I want to see, you know, who's coming, you know, what are people looking at? What are they searching for? What are they searching for? And so seeing some good trends on the new website. But today I was looking for this week, because I hadn't looked this week, and I looked at the um, list of content. So what's the, or not content, um, traffic sources. So where are people coming from? So I always want to see that, Mm -hmm. you know, natural versus Google search versus links from other places. Uh, And then also I have in my in that report, it shows the search terms that people use. Uh, and so that can vary, whatever. And I looked at it today, and I was astounded to see that the number one search term that people used this week to find us was used panties. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Which, yeah, obviously people aren't using used panties to find us. It's people looking for used panties that stumble on us because we had a podcast episode <laughs> named pre-used panties and are wholly disappointed in the results which 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 when i searched used panties uncovered this whole world unbeknownst to me cult holy cow maybe it's better to just say instead of reading what's on here tell people to put in quotes use panties in google and then see what comes up there are literally well 
1.2 million results. And just apparently it's just like this business sector that I was unaware of. Nothing shocks me anymore, but. And to be clear about why we have something on our website titled used panties or pre-used panties was it was like an off the cuff comment of something in a podcast. And oftentimes if you listen to the show, you know, that's what we title our show is after the weird comments that pop up. Right. During the during the show, so it's not like we had like a blog post about used panties or something on the show. No, and so, then we got stuck on trying to find pre-used and what that meant, and that really meant yes. new. This right? is not pre-used. This just is used. Yeah, which is even we better. didn't go there. <laughs> so, like, where do we appear on the list? We're on the second second page, page of search results for wow. used panties. I just I have to I have to list this one. I mean, there's literally links from people who have set up e retail options for used panties are you gonna make our audience like throw up in their mouth a little so if bit? you go if you go to buyusedpanties.com, this is what the url like the header says buy used panties dash my hot and wet knickers <laughs> <laughs> i just have to read that that sounds hilarious it's so inappropriate well but there's nothing my bleep bleep, bleep. Oh, that is so funny it just means underwear that's been worn and ultimately there's nothing Nothing really gross about it. Besides the fact yes, that there's a retail very gross. Well, once there's, there's no way to start, that that's once you start adding the extra little anybody mm, would pay for used panties. That's not Th- well. That's gross. Yeah. Well, that's what the whole thing is. No, no, I know, I know, but just I'm saying totally that, not shocking. Right, though. right. Maybe just it's the, helping the like, idea the people of the of, steal them. Like you don't you don't look at the underwear you wore, wore yesterday laying in the hamper and think gross. You think oh, I just need to wash those. So no, I think gross. I think gross of... Well, I don't know yeah. what you do to your underwear. Let's, stop, let's just the not day. go any further. All right. I knew yeah, this would start I know, getting let's ugly. not go any further. <laughs> On to Sorry, everybody. <laughs> That's how we're starting the new year. Okay. Uh, continuing our reform riff. This isn't really... Well, it's kind of about reform. Uh, but this is a post... I follow Steve Davis, who has the Healthcare Strategist blog. It's a great blog. He covers marketing, strategy and a lot of random healthcare stuff. Uh, He's actually, I quoted one of his posts in my book, um, Joe Public Doesn't Care About Your Hospital, because he had the the best rant ever about hospital billboard advertising. It was phenomenal. But he actually uh, was quoting from a blog post from Dan Monroe, who's a contributor at Forbes. And basically, Dan, you know, this was like right before the end of the year, and he's like, okay, here's where we get all these uh, lists that come out, you know, like the top 10 movies or whatever. So he just listed all of these statistics that he had gathered or seen relating to healthcare. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wow, you know, this isn't really about marketing related to reform, <coughs> but just some of these are mind boggling and it, and it reminds you why reform was attempted and whether or not you agree with how it was approached. The need for reforming your system at some level is just unreal. So I'm going to read some of these and we'll post both Steve's um, blog because he has some commentary in it and then the original one from Dan. Um, Medicare spends about $50 billion annually in the last two months of a patient's life. Uh, I've heard varying statistics, but the one that I could verify before here was from uh, the Dartmouth Atlas Project, which is a well-respected healthcare um, kind of research project. And in April of 2011, uh, one of their representatives stated repeatedly in articles that 25% of Medicare uh, expenditures go to the last year of people's lives. And the point of that is, and I've heard even higher, I've heard a third, uh, and I've also heard that a sixth, and I couldn't verify this, but a sixth 
of expenses happened like in the last month. So when you think about that, you think, wow, you know, we're extending people's lives. If we could just not extend them one more year, there's 25% of, I right. mean, obviously nobody, you can't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it just shows Makes you, you think, how though, much yeah. money is poured into that end of life care just to get another year or another month, which is even more right. weird. Um, listen to this obesity. In 1985, there was no state that had an obesity rate greater than 10%. 15 years later, by 2010, there was no state with an obesity rate lower than 20%. Yikes. <laughs> How is that? That Because people, people are, are just eating getting... Yes. Well, I don't know if they're eating a lot or if just processed foods are becoming more prominent. I don't oh, know that people are eating freaky. more. They're becoming yeah. more sedentary, and I think just the food content. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I eat that's less freaky, than, though. I eat less than I ever ate in my life, probably, and I'm still ga- slowly gaining weight. We're that's getting an age older. Thing. Mainly because I don't <laughs> Yeah, that's totally yeah. old. And I only move a few feet during the day. <laughs> yes, that too. Uh, how about this one? 23 to 30% of prescriptions never got picked up at the pharmacy. What the hell is that? Why were they even... I've definitely done that. You well, have? But it's not like it's not like that stuff's necessarily yeah. going to waste. I mean, if it's pills and they're still no. in the pharmacy, they can still. I mean, act, the point is those things are frequently. supposed to help people get better, right? And so if they're not taking them, they're they're more likely to get sicker and turn up in the hospital again. Well, it depends sure. on the prescription, but yeah. I suppose you tell the doctor, yeah, go ahead and write it out, and then you're like, screw it, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've never or you not, get I've there never and you find out the cost. Yeah, or that. <laughs> well, I've yeah. never not picked up a prescription. I've never just left one sitting there knowingly. No, me either. All right, how about this? There are more MRI machines in Pittsburgh than in Canada. Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> that's telling, though. Of, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's like here. As soon as, as soon as one hospital gets the Da Vinci robot, every other hospital in town thinks they need it. Yep. And if one hospital could barely you know, fill it, the hours on that damn thing, now every hospital has like one mm-hmm. person coming in a month because there's five of them in town. Well, and as we've talked about before, that would be fine in any other economic situation because the law of supply and demand would say, well, they can all get DaVinci robots, but only the ones that can actually sustain that business will keep them and the others go away. But in healthcare, as we know, you know, supply drives demand. It's supposed to be the other way around, mm-hmm. but you get one more MRI and all of a sudden now there's X percentage more people that need a scan. Well, right. that's interesting. Right. How did that happen? Right. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one I, I find hard to believe. There are not uh, acknowledgments for each of these. So I'm sure if maybe Dan Monroe provides them somewhere, but 80% of healthcare bills contain errors. That was the one I just looked at too. Hello. Is that even possible? That's 80%? Scary. I'm sure. it's. Yeah. I mean, there's the system that it goes through, I'm guessing. From A, trying to figure out all the, you know, the staff trying to figure out how to record things properly to get them, maximize their return on the, services they provided to the insurance company trying to weasel their way out of, you know, paying whatever they have to pay to (sighs) whatever until it finally gets to you. And then you're like, I guess this whole thing is too complicated to understand. I'm just going to pay whatever I have to pay and get it out of here. Well, and it it just kind of just depends on what constitutes an error too, I suppose. Yes. And how they're they're calculating. And if they're counting up like every bill that has an error, or are they saying there are X number of bills and X number of errors and dividing it out because yeah. obviously one bill with a hundred errors would wipe out 99 good bills if that's how you're doing it. Yeah. So I don't know. We can't Still tell from that. That though. seems, that seems, I know there's lots of errors, but in my experience anyway, that's way off. But of course I, you know, I don't live in the same world as 
the majority of people <laughs> yeah. when it comes to healthcare. Okay. Um, the, the Milliman, Milliman Medical Index measures the total annual cost of healthcare for a typical family of four covered by a preferred provider plan. 2002, that cost was 9200 For 2011, it was 19393 And then it goes on to say, by 2025, the average annual cost of family health care insurance, that's not just total cost, that's insurance, will equal the average annual household income. Now, I've heard that before. So in other words, if things continue on the path they're on, mm-hmm. people will pay every dollar that they earn to health care premiums. Forget about everything else that you spend money on. Right. And, and um, Steve actually calls that out at the end of his blog post. And he says, focus for a moment on that stat. By 2025, average annual cost, blah, blah, blah. That's if current trends continue with health care inflating at, say, 7% per year, which is not a lot when you think about health care premiums, um, and little or no household income growth, which is what we've experienced over the mm-hmm. last few years. In fact, I think some of that has been negative income growth. So that's why it would catch up to that. That is insane. It's insane. And I love the quote by Dan Monroe, which Steve also repurposes. But after he lists them all, he says, safe to say it's a mess. Or as Tommy Lee Jones said in No Country for Old Men, if it ain't, it'll do to the mess gets here. Remember <laughs> yep, that? Yep. God, he's that's just a the great best line. character. That's a great that. line. That's a great movie. Yes. You know, it's hard to imagine anything. And this is coming from... You know, someone who's got pretty liberal beliefs in some areas and pretty conservative beliefs in others, that anything other than socialized healthcare could really even work in a system like ours. You know, and I'd be one who kind of screamed against it at one point. I mean, maybe I, that, that's probably being a little dramatic. I don't think I ever screamed against it. <laughs> but it's kind of like, I mean, just the way that we have determined our system has to work, it just doesn't seem like almost there's like no other option almost. I mean, especially if you consider like you know the stuff we were just talking about, but also you know somebody coming to the emergency room. I mean, are you going to who doesn't have insurance? We're not, I don't think we're ever going to be in a system where we just where we say no or where we turn them away, right? No, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean the fiscally responsible side of me says yes, we should turn them away, but then the human side of me is like that's absurd to just to as human beings who have the ability to save another human being to turn to say no because of money. It's just absurd, really. So it's just it's such a complicated. Well, it's thing. complicated in, in socialized medicine. I mean, it depends what you mean by that. I guess if you mean like a Canadian style, um, you know, all that does is take that that awful statistic that we just talked about of people's, you know, incomes being overtaken by premiums and shift that to taxpayers. Taxes, right. And we're already in a deficit situation. Yeah. We can't even we can't even afford what we're doing now yeah, right? with know, Medicare, Medicaid, and all the other things. So shift that to the government, whether it's state or federal, and how does that work? Yeah. So I, something's got to change. That's what, you know, I don't know if this current reform is going to do it, but, heck, people talk about the current reform like, you know, we've just turned the whole world upside down, and I don't think it's going to come close to fixing this. So how would you actually fix it? You'd have right. to turn really turn the world upside yeah. down. Yeah, either you, I don't know. I don't know. Let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. That's too depressing. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to bring, um, so let's get into healthcare marketing because I had an experience over the holiday. I went to Wisconsin for a few days and one of those days I just camped out in a hotel room, just like had like a little mini vacation. (laughs) And so just kind of vegging out and happened to catch Teen Mom 2. Are you familiar with that show? Uh, I've never seen it, but I'm familiar. 
Okay. It's great it's, television. <laughs> what's that? Great television. Well, it's kind of- actually it's very compelling. It's put on by Morgan Freeman. He's the producer. Really? really? He's a very that socially conscious know. guy. I would have suspected that like Maury Povich or something. It's no, on MTV, isn't it? It's on MTV. And yeah. the purpose of it, I'm assuming from Morgan Freeman's standpoint, is to show the reality because it really is a brutal reality of teenage pre- It's bad, you know? And, and so the hope would be is that you're, wow. you're showing teenage kids, you know, boys and girls, men and women, that this is what your life is going to be if you don't take sensible steps. Right. Right? It's still very controversial because a lot of folks think it actually sensationalizes and promotes teen pregnancy. It's not what it's supposed to do. Right. But you are on TV. Well, and a lot of the people on that show have become almost celebrities for being on that show. They're a little bit celebrity, yeah, Mm -hmm. and not in a good way. Right. A couple of them okay, but you see them on the cover of Us. Yeah, all the time. You know? Yeah. So that's where that's where the downside is. So anyway, in this episode, it was interesting to me because there were two healthcare systems in the episode. And it occurred to me, I'll describe each of the situations, is that a good or a bad thing from a marketing standpoint? So the first one was, and I'm going to say who it was because, I mean, you can go out and find the shows. It was um, Charleston Area Medical Center in Charleston, West Virginia. So the couple had uh, twins one of the twins has got issues. And so uh, they had to, I think it was get an MRI mm-hmm. on this baby, this kind of infant. And so they showed him coming in. It was very stressful for the parents because the, the doctors were worried that there was brain damage, that, they, that the baby could be blind in one eye and both eyes, or it could be even worse than that. Okay. So they have to go through and do this brain scan. And so it's very tr- dramatic. Mm-hmm. And they go in there, and, you know, the hospital handles everything fine, but they show them, you know, of course, they have to set up shot of them going in there. Um, the, the, the nurses and the doctors are part of the show. But then they showed the baby, and they showed, like, the baby on the table. They showed it being intubated, which was so harsh, showing, like, the tube going down the baby's throat. Oh, I mean, the the parents were like beside themselves because their baby is going to go through this traumatic thing. Right. And, you know, so then you show this graphic. How in the world? Obviously, they had to have given permission. Right. But why wouldn't somebody I thought from the hospital say, OK, that's too much. We don't want it. It's one to thing to this, show yeah. the baby like going into the room, but to show it being held down, wires put on it and intubated. Was I was like, wow, that well, that just was too much for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think. I was going to say earlier, as you, as you started talking about this, I mean, it's, it's, you have such a different perspective on these things once you've got your own kid. Not that, not that you can't understand it when you, when you don't have kids, because when people use that line with me before having kids, I was like, come on, I can, I can, right. I, I'm, I'm smart enough and educated enough to understand, and I've, I've, I'm a human being and I've got loved ones, I can understand it. But then once you've got a kid and it's like, man, I would do, you know, you'd give your life yeah. for that child to not feel pain. Yeah, and it's just something that it's hard to grasp. So, but again, at the same time, with something like this, it's kind of like you know that is the reality of the situation too. It's kind of, but it's kind of like where do you draw the line in terms of really showing the reality of something versus you know trying to get enough of the point across that it has an impact. Yeah, it's but a fine I don't line. Know. I don't it, know. it was too far across the line yeah. for me as a viewer. But then the other one was this was Sanford Healthcare, and so this was a teenage the mom having knee surgery. 
And so she went in there and again, showing the nurses, whatever you can see the Sanford sign. Um, and, and in both cases that the, the healthcare people were great. I mean, the hospital was great. Everything was great. It's just right. the circumstance of the first situation I described was very negative. And in the second one, mm-hmm. You know, the the girl's in pain after a knee surgery. Mm-hmm. The dad, who is by this time in the show, you've, you know, I only watched this one episode, you can determine it's just like has no concept, no clue. He's whatever, 17. Right. Um, he dropped the kid earlier in the show, like was playing with it and like dropped it. Nice. Um, this is an older kid, like a one year old or something, but he has to have the kid while she's in knee surgery. So he's in there with the kid. She's suffering. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. The kid's like wandering over, pulling on her IV cord. She's like, you got to get him away. He's pulling on. And, and you hear the father say, little bastard, Jeez. as he goes to pick him up. I know. And so, again, this is all why the show is, I think, could be good because it shows. It's real. This is real. This, mm-hmm. this, right. this father has no business being a father. Right. But because you made a mistake, this is your situation. But, again, the healthcare system has now wrapped themselves in this inadvertently right. or whatever. So I just, I just thought it'd be interesting to, to think about is that, you know, obviously the hospital hmm. would have had to give permission to be used in the mm-hmm. show. Um, it's, it's that wise. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess to most people it's, maybe there's a subconscious, you know, some things that happen on a subconscious level, but something like that, the focus, in, like in that case, seems to be on the parents and how crappy or good yes. they might be. Yes. In the hospital, is just kind of a backdrop. I mean, it could be in their. It could have yep. been in their home. It could have been in a shopping mall. But in this case, mm-hmm. it just happened to be in the hospital. Yes. So I don't know if, if that necessarily to me screams that it would be like a negative thing, you know, mm-hmm. negative about the hospital itself. Although the first example you used, where it really shows kind of right. a brutal side of healthcare, at least in terms of. You know, how you, how you have to treat a child to get them intubated. Right. That could be bad. Well, and essentially the hospitals are doing everything right in this show, so they're not coming across bad. It's just in your first instance when it's they actually just, showed that, it's... It's kind of in both cases to That me, can't help them. Guilt by association. Right. right. You know, yeah, you can separate the right. hospital from the family, but in the end, you're just going gross. Right. In both cases for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Is that what you want people to walk away with feeling unconsciously when your brand is in the mix? I don't know. I mean, that's, right. it is healthcare, but they have a choice in that matter. They don't have to be on those shows. They can serve those patients and not give permission for any of that to be used. Right. But um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's wrong. That's, I just don't know. I just, yeah. It'd be interesting to hear how other people have dealt with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are, for every you know hospital to end a show like that, there are four others or more that say no or yeah you can have your surgery here but you're not we're not letting you show anything yeah that could be uh, on air i don't know i just wonder how people go through the process of thinking Mm -hmm. about that and whether they how they think about that Mm -hmm. impacting their brand and whether you know i'm sure they're thinking about that at some level Mm -hmm. from a pr perspective um but i don't know yeah i don't know anyway we'll hear from other interesting stuff yeah (laughs) We don't work with either of those systems. It'd be great to hear from from either one. Yeah. Maybe we could reach out to them and say, hey, you know, we were talking about this on our podcast and just see if they'd like to like give a response or come on come on next week and just say, well, here's what we're thinking. Here's the good. Here's the bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's probably le- really legitimate reasons to do it. But Well, if they can get through the 
first five minutes about use panties to the actual part once, once they listen we'll to the just, show. We'll cut the clip out. And we'll put that. I mean, we, we just did the same thing ourselves, right? Like uh, guilt by association on our own podcast. So, so. Hmm. that's interesting. Okay, so one last thing, and then we'll wrap it up. Well, it's kind of a short one this week, but that's okay. Um, Adam, you had forwarded to us, what I call it on here, I've, on the agenda, I call it the new social media channel of the week. If that's an exaggeration, but it's yet again another social media network. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you said that you were loving it, and I know you, you didn't really have that response with Google Plus, and that was of course hyped to no end. And you weren't like, "Oh, this is amazing!" You, you know, right. you like, didn't yeah. put it forward like this is really cool. No. So I thought, well, let's hear about this. It's called Path. Uh, I just signed up for it this morning, and, and all I know is from my initial experience is that the the interface is really cool. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So, so how did you find out about it, and, and what? Uh, I found what out about it. it. I must somebody who I follow through RSS. I can't remember who had mentioned it. A few people had mentioned it before I finally went and checked it out. Um, but it's kind of a hybrid. It's similar to Facebook. It's kind of similar to Twitter. It's kind of like take these and and, and take the concept of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mash them together, but simplify the whole thing. Um, and now add a component of only sharing stuff with people who are really close to you versus the world or versus this extended network of, you know, acquaintances and friends and family and professionals, which is, you know, kind of Facebook and Google. Um, so so it's, it's kind of this mashup of a lot of what's been done, but just done differently and kind of in a, in a beautiful way. Um, and that's Path. So it's an it's an iPhone, it's an iOS app and an Android app. So it's available for a pretty wide audience. Um, so yeah, I've been playing with it for a couple of weeks now, uh, and I just it's really fun. It's really cool. I mean, there's a lot of new ideas in there too. Like with, um, for example, when people have posted things, you know, like in f- the whole like concept or in Facebook, you've got the concept of liking something. In Google Plus, you've got the concept of kind of the whole plus one right. thing. And here, it's it's less of that and more of um, you know, kind of this concept of uh, you can have all sorts of emotional reactions to something that people have posted, kind of through the emoticon style, but also through commenting on things as well. Um, so it's kind of open that way. Um, you can make things very public if you want to on them. I mean, you can share things publicly, but the, the intent is that you kind of journal things and keep it within your smaller network of people. In fact, you at first when it came out, you were limited to 50 contacts. Right. That was it. They extended it to, I think now it's up to 100 or 150. 150, Because they're trying to make it a little more open to people who, you know, legitimately have Mm -hmm. networks of of close friends that are, well, close is a relative term in that sense, um, uh, that they want to share stuff with. Uh, So it's, you know, it's not going to be something necessarily revolutionary if you check it out. It's just something that's beautiful and... And I guess in the sense of, of how they're approaching it, it is a little bit revolutionary and that it's just simplified. And that there's also the kind of a, uh, the concept of uh, the article I forwarded, I think, was from Gizmodo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had touched a little bit, too, on the fact that you can see everything you put up. You can see who has taken a look at it, even if they were just kind of perusing their timeline where all of their friends activity shows up. If they saw it, they get, get recorded as seeing it. So you can kind of always see who in your network has on some level been exposed to the stuff that you've posted up there. So it adds kind of this level of, of social accountability that I think is missing from a lot of or anonymity that is still that is missing from things like uh, Facebook and from uh, like Twitter. Uh, so it's just an it, it's an 
it did an interesting um I don't, I don't know if accountability is the right word but transparency to the whole system that just kind of kind of adds to accountability in terms of how you interact with your network why would yeah, you use this why would you use it i mean like we talked about google plus the biggest challenge with google plus to me is that if it really was going to take off you'd literally have to have people switch because i just don't think people are going to use right yeah, two right facebook like things i mean twitter and facebook are different so yeah they can use both of those but are people really going to spend time in facebook and in google plus right this sounds like it wouldn't necessarily replace either of those two it might be something you could use with your family because yeah. you can have different paths, right? So you could have a family path and a work path. Is that right? Uh, well, no, you basically, um, have one, you basically have a path. Oh, because when I set mine up, it said new path or existing path. Uh, so I, I could give me a choice. I don't think so. I'd have to look at I'll that. I mean, as, as far as I know, you have, I mean, it's, you basically you have kind of a central timeline. I mean, the, the idea of it is that it's kind of like your journal of life activity. So it's just one stream for you oh. of that. And then you're kind of your quote unquote wall to use the Facebook term or news feed is where you see everything from all of your friends in your network. Um, so that's the concept behind it. You know, I started doing a, a, my, own, a, my own little blog post about how I'm kind of looking at some of this social network stuff in 2012. I haven't finished it yet. Um, but, you know, I've just been thinking a lot about like how I use Facebook and what I think about things like Google Plus and where some of these other chant like Twitter and Tumblr or things like that start to fall in and you know, Facebook to me has really become somewhat of a glorified contact list or address book, kind of this place where you just dump anybody and everybody who you know in the off chance that you might need to connect with them at some point in time. Um, and also it can fairly convenient way to stay in touch with family and things like that. But it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it doesn't feel like a meaningful place anymore to me to really communicate with people just because there's so much noise. There's all this advertising. There's just noise from people who you kind of knew in the past, like old high school acquaintances. Um, yeah. the whole artificial, the whole AI driven newsfeed now right. makes things that you might've cared about it fall to the wayside. And I know, I know you can go in and you can customize it and change the settings of how things, but you know what? I, who does that? Who does that? Nobody does that. Who wants to go in and fiddle with their Facebook controls to <laughs> somehow customize the way that their wall works or their AI works? Yes, I know you can be done. No, I'm not going to do it because it's just stupid to have to do that. Um, so again, I guess that's one of the allures of something like path where you take it and simplify it. You try, you remove the noise of things like advertising. Um, mm-hmm. cause this, a, this isn't, this isn't for marketers in the sense of getting yourself on path as an organization. This is not that don't think yeah. of it. if you want to get on something, that's Facebook, that's Twitter, that's Google plus. This is for me like a, a cool way on a personal level to get rid of all of that. The How BS. are they going to make money? Do you think that they're going to make money? I think on premium content that they, that they'll add to it. So for example, one way that they currently have some premium content is if you go to photos, so they have, they have kind of an Instagram style photo sharing thing built in, in terms of the filters that are there for you. Um, so they're kind of piggybacking on that concept, which is cool. And they've got some really great filters, but they have some premium filters in there. So when you go, when you scroll, I'm just scrolling through these filters right now, you get to the end You'll see a few more on there that have like a little 99 cent tag on there. So you can, you can buy some more of these cool filters if you want to. And I actually bought one of them. Um, a, because I thought it was kind of a cool filter. B, because I actually do want to give, I want to financially donate to the people who are making something really cool that I enjoy right. using. Um, so I think if they continue to do things like that, um, maybe you can pay a little more to have higher, you know, higher quality photos hosted or longer videos. Because I think the limit on videos is 45 seconds. Um, so things like that, I think they can financially support themselves, hopefully, um, through premium content. We'll find out. 
Well, hmm. you should check it out, Jackie. Yeah, I've honestly never heard about it. It's pretty prior new. To this, but it, yeah, it's only been out for for a little while now. I think it came out sometime in quarter in the fourth quarter of last yeah. year. It's just really sharp looking. I mean, it's just it's neat. Okay, cool. yeah, check it out. Get your friends on there. Check it out. All right, that's it for today. That's it for this week. Okay. Episode one thirty three in the can. In the can. So for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo, Jackie Rotaco, and Adam Meyer. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week.